0: Seven Strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? So I didn't kill him every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, mm, I'm going to kill If I did, there well, would be hundreds low, took it took you 12 months. 12 months. And then he brings up Rex again, and that's when I just looked at him with my first body. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Is, uh, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Danny. How are you doing?
1: Pretty good. It's been a good week so far. How about you?
0: So far, it's Sunday. The week is ending.
1: Oh well, you know when you work for yourself, it all kind of <laughs> shut <blends>. up. <laughs> <laughs> it all blends together.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> so so uh, you're still working for yourself?
1: Yeah, I don't see that changing um, anytime soon. It's it's pretty nice, and I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but we're looking. My partner and I to go to, to maybe Portugal or Italy really any country with a, with a pretty good vaccination rate right now mm-hmm. just because I I like my lungs the way they are really yeah I mean you know just being able to take deep breaths mm, but you, you still know. can't run I can I, I can run better <laughs> than you
0: <laughs> you've never seen me run
1: <laughs> I've heard the stories
0: oh my goodness some so, from you yeah no I'm great at running On now you're talking about yeah right cool cool but how's life life is life. It's good. Not much going on with me. I've just been working and taking care of the dogs. I'm working on the house.
1: And the podcast.
0: And the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my life.
1: You make it seem like it's so, like it's not enough.
0: I mean, I feel like I should be doing more. I'm like, wow. Well, that's my update. It's the same every week
1: what is an adult life if not working pets kids partner and home
0: fair fair yeah yeah
1: let's face it your 20s are just the peak of excitement
0: yeah but the thing is i feel like i'm already like an 80 year old in this body yeah so like (laughs) i love it i'm like i would love to just stay home and not do anything
1: you're well on your way
0: i know right How many times have I turned down people this week? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Several. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways.
1: Oh, for the murder herd out there. So we just (laughs) passed 10,000 downloads. Yeah. Which we're pretty happy with.
0: We are very happy.
1: But way back when we first started, we had made this sort of mental, you know, or this unwritten goal of if we reach 6,969 downloads... We'll throw a, a party, and Danny has reneged on this somewhat promise. We
0: never agreed it would be <laughs> at my place, yeah, <laughs> or that I would be there, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so some of, some of our friends have been wanting to celebrate the accomplishment. One, but the, one the, of have, them. No, Amelia as well. Well, oh. yeah, but Danny does not want to go to this party, so it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just like give me, I don't know. When we reach 100,000 downloads, <laughs> I'll throw a party.
1: No. <laughs> and look, now you
0: have it on air.
1: 100,000 downloads. Yeah. Well, no. I I, I mean, it would be kind of nuts to get there. Yeah. 100K, yeah.
0: 10 times what we've done now. That's worth throwing a party for.
1: When you consider wh- where we were last year, we're basically at like 100 times <laughs> where we were yeah so are are you sure you want you want to make that that promise though because a hundred k while while very high, I don't think it's unachievable,
0: okay, let's do it, yeah, I'll do that. You can tell all the people who ask, yeah, she'll do it at a hundred thousand and
1: it's at your house, yes, and will there be decorations?
0: Oh yeah, I'll go all out if we reach a okay. hundred thousand a
1: hundred thousand okay that's
0: what it'll take for me <laughs> to not be a recluse,
1: okay, and can we take photos? yes. Oh, perfect. There we go. That way, the murder herd has video and photo proof.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, how sad is it that that is what it takes?
1: I think it's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I love it.
0: I see you yeah. more than I see my best friends, yeah. which no offense to you, Gabe, but you're not my best friend. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <gasps> what? You've just Although shattered. If it's
0: like with the amount of times I see people, it wouldn't be yeah. you.
1: <laughs> You've just shattered the illusion. Oh, that our listeners had.
0: I'm pretty sure we've we've talked about how I never talked to you.
1: Yeah. So. Or, well, you never talked. You never talked to anyone. That's not really saying anything.
0: It's true. Yeah. I don't remember what we were talking about.
1: We were talking about general life updates. And, so uh,
0: that's our updates. Yeah. Unless you have anything. Uh no. Are you ready?
1: Definitely. Let me. do you got for us today?
0: Okay. So I don't know if you remember, but a while back. You went to San Francisco? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you remember that, but (laughs) (laughs) I kept trying to get you to go and visit this house in Sacramento.
1: (laughs) I totally forgot about it. You were like, no. (laughs) Wait, no, I would have gone. Ah,
0: I texted you.
1: I forgot about this.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I figured it was like probably too far out of the way, so. Is, is,
1: Is it really in San Francisco?
0: No, it's in Sacramento.
1: Oh, shoot.
0: I thought you drove there, but I think you ended up flying. Yeah, I flew. Yeah. So if you're driving, I was like, do it, but you ended up flying.
1: And Sacramento is like a couple hours from, because I I wasn't exactly in San Francisco. I was a bit south. Mm -hmm. So it would still be like a couple hour drive.
0: I don't know where any of these places are in relation to each other, (laughs) but I know they're like somewhere up there. Yes.
1: It's on Northern California. (laughs)
0: There you go. Okay. And so that is this story.
1: Okay. So this story took place at this house. Yes. In Sacramento. Yes. And is this house available for, like, public viewing?
0: It was at one point. um, They actually had tours there. I think it was in 2016. Mm. I can't remember for sure, but I think so. And it does not currently.
1: Okay. Damn.
0: Okay. This house was open for tours at one point, and then it wasn't. And then this, like, show came in and did, like, a... Well first there was a Ghost Adventures that went in oh. and did an episode on it. And then this one show came in and did like a what are they called? Remodel of the house. And it is currently not for available for tours. But it is like really well known and it has been in the past.
1: Okay. That's a shame. Yeah. Also those ghost shows, when I was a kid I used to watch those. Yeah somewhere along like the 12th episode of those various shows i i just lost interest because they never once showed a damn ghost but they would end every episode with like oh we picked up psychic (laughs) readings or or like you know we we brought out our recorders and you can clearly hear a ghost say something and it's like a a scratching noise ghosts Uh, are invisible yeah but then what are they doing then like what
0: (laughs) Have you ever seen Ghost Hunters?
1: I'm sure I've seen Ghost
0: Hunters by night, plumbers by day. Is that a real show? I think so. I don't know. I watched one as a kid. Anyways, my favorite is BuzzFeed Unsolved. You should watch that one.
1: BuzzFeed Unsolved. Okay, I'll make a note of that.
0: I'll send you a great episode. Anyways, so supposedly the house is really quite haunted. Okay. Um, and I will tell you why. Okay. (laughs) You ready? Yeah. So, Dorothea was born on January 9th, 1929, in Redlands, California. She was born to abusive parents, who are also alcoholics, and they used all their very little income to go and buy alcohol, and she regularly went unfed and had to scavenge for food and like garbage cans and stuff. Both of her parents died before she was 10, leaving her to be sent to an orphanage. Eventually, some family from Fresno took her in.
1: What did her parents die of?
0: So I'll mention it again later on, but there is like a differing sources because it was so long ago as 1930s. Uh, but the most common thing was that her dad had tuberculosis. And her mom died in a motorcycle accident. Or car accident. Okay. Yeah. So... Bad luck? Kind of. Um.
1: <laughs> I mean, for her to lose both parents by 10.
0: Yeah. But they also... It was a terrible childhood. And then she ended up going to an orphanage that wasn't good either. And then she got adopted by family in Fresno. And then... She would later say that her childhood. She was born in Mexico, and she had seventeen brothers and sisters. And she like make up these lies about her childhood. And this is just to point out, like it'll come up again. She lies a lot. And in 1946, she married a guy named Fred. So this would put her at the age of 16 or 17. And. Once again, this is weird, but she says that her husband died of a heart attack. Other sources say, so that's what she says. Other sources say that Fred left her and she was humiliated and came up with a lie that her husband had died.
1: Okay. So (laughs) So he could still be alive.
0: Yeah. So either he's, well, he's probably dead at this point, but... He could have been alive and left her, or he did die. I don't know. Okay. I don't... Yeah. And there's, like, no way to actually find out.
1: It's like Schrodinger's husband or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he will not know until he opened the box. Yeah. Coffin. So, after he was gone, dead, alive, who knows, she attempted to continue to get his social security checks and cash them herself and she was caught and sentenced to a year in jail then she was let out on parole
1: wait how old was this guy to be getting social security checks or did she, did she just how did this happen what is happening i missed something it's
0: insane i don't know okay there there's gonna be a pattern
1: okay I, I, i'm more just saying so she was 16 when she married him right? yes and how old was she when she went to prison or jail?
0: They were married less than a year.
1: And she was cashing social security checks. Yes. So he must have been old. old. Okay, got it.
0: Okay. And I guess jail's not the right word. She probably went to juvenile court or whatever it's called. No, that's true. But, okay. Okay. Okay, it gets weirder. It gets... Okay. Just ride with me, Gabe, okay? <laughs> okay. So... She gets released and then she gets pregnant with a man she doesn't know well. Okay. Okay. Then she end, uh, ends up giving the baby up for adoption. And in 1952, she meets another man named Axel Johansson. And they get married. I'm trying to figure out her age 1952. She was born in 29.
1: That would make her 23. Yeah, 23.
0: Okay. So now she's 23. She marries Axel Johansson, and it's not a good marriage. He's abusive, and she stays with him. And then in 1960, how many years later is that? Eight. Eight years later... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's found in a brothel and arrested. It's not sure if she was running the brothel or part of it, but it's possible she was running it. Now, after the, after she gets out of jail for this, she starts working as a nurse's aide. So in 1966, six years after... Being arrested, she ends up leaving Johansson, the abusive guy she's with, and moves on to a man named Roberto Puente, which is where she gets her last name, Dorothea Puente. He is 19 years younger than her.
1: Damn, look at her.
0: Yeah. And he cheated on her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they got divorced Two years after being married, and fuck, I messed up. Gabe, you're right. Her first marriage, the guy was like 50 years her senior. I was thinking it was an older guy or like a different guy later. Oh, but Fred, he was like super old. But it's fine.
1: Fred, Fred was the first one. hmm Yeah, no, but you told me you told me that okay. she was cashing his yeah his checks. Yeah.
0: I feel like I should have mentioned. It's fine.
1: Yeah, I was thrown off because you mentioned he was older, but I didn't know he was like senior, you know, I have social security checks old.
0: Yeah, he's old. Anyways, so he's probably dead now. Certainly, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Roberto and Dorothea get divorced and Dorothea had taken over a 16-bedroom care home where she was taking care of, you know, like the homeless and elderly and stuff, people who were there. And in 1976, Dorothea married again. Her third, fourth husband.
1: Uh, I already keep track. I got one, two, fourth, I think.
0: Well, his name was Pedro Montalvo. And just take a wild guess here. Was he abusive?
1: Uh, I suspect he was abusive. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Um, He was, unfortunately. He was abusive and an alcoholic, and they got divorced, like, within a year. So, Dorothea starts to go to bars and looking for older men. And then she manages to, like, pick out and talk to them about, like, the benefits they're receiving. So she's like fishing for information at bars to figure out which men are receiving benefits. Okay. And she would steal their checks and forge their signatures and then cash it. And and
1: she wouldn't marry them. She would just get their information and then... Yeah. Oh, got it. So, so it was like
0: a long con. Not so, like super yeah. long. She'd like go home with them and steal their checks. Got it. So, so, she, so.
1: she's committing fraud.
0: Yes. Yeah. Forgery. Fraud. Same thing? Both. Okay. So after being caught, she's charged with fraud and put on probation. And she keeps doing this while on probation. And then in 1981, Dorothea begins renting an upstairs apartment. She has a friend named Ruth Monroe and her friend is also her business partner and they're going to open up a catering business together and they're like, hey, we're opening up this business together. You have a second like bedroom, you know, it'd be great. Let's move in together. So they do. And Ruth dies less than a month after moving in with Dorothea. She apparently overdosed on codeine and Tylenol. Dorothea tells the police that Ruth was extremely depressed due to her husband being terminally ill. And she says Ruth likely committed suicide. And the police don't like see any red flags or anything so they rule the death a suicide. So during this whole time, she's still going out and finding men at bars. And she finds this guy named Malcolm McKenzie. And he ends up accusing Dorothea of drugging and robbing him. And she is convicted and sentenced to serve five years in jail.
1: Okay. How old is she at this point now? Because it's, uh,
0: it's
1: been a number of years.
0: So this is 1981. So 1981 minus 80, 29.
1: 81 minus 29. So, 2, three, fifty-two.
0: Okay. 52. Yeah. Okay. So.
1: So, wow. She went her whole life from abusive husband to abusive husband. And now here she is running a home. Mm-hmm. And she has a child she put up for adoption. Yes. When she, when she was much younger, of course.
0: She was, yeah, 20 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... While in prison, she develops a friendship with a pen pal named Everson Gilmouth. And yeah. I guess he had a habit of like riding women in prison. <laughs> and you know how there's the, there's like those people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of them. And they just keep corresponding and he waits for her until she gets out of prison three years later. So she gets out two years early due to good behavior. And he waits and he comes on her day that she's released and he picks her up in his red pickup truck and they quickly fall in love and start planning a wedding. But first, they open a joint bank account. (laughs) And she goes and they rent the apartment she had been renting previously, but now instead of just renting the upstairs, they rent the whole house. It's like an old Victorian house. And... In 1985, so not even a year after getting out of prison, Dorothea hires Ismael Flores to install some, like, do some handyman work in her apartment. Or, I guess, house now. And Dorothea offers him an extra $800 and a red pickup truck to build a box that is six feet by three feet by two feet.
1: Huh. Where'd you get the truck, Danny?
0: And what kind of box is that, Gabe?
1: Sounds like your standard toy chest. That slash... fits a
0: human body. <laughs> I
1: you know, a lot of things fit human bodies, Danny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um she's like, Yeah, I just need this box to store some books and stuff and
1: See, a perfectly reasonable explanation.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, um, is, Ismail's like, yeah, okay, sure. And he builds the box and part of the deal is he'll help her transport the box to storage. Mm-hmm. So he comes to pick it up and she has it nailed shut and he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes the box and she goes with him to go to the storage unit. And while they're driving there, she's like, wait, let's just dump the box into this riverbank here. <laughs> it's like an unofficial dump site and he's like wait what why and she's like oh don't worry i just filled it with junk it's just garbage and he's like okay (laughs) and on january 1st of 1986 this is a couple months later a fisherman sees the box sitting by the rave riverbank and he ends up calling the police because it smells super bad and he's like this is the shape of a coffin <laughs> and the police come and they find like a really decomposed body inside so Dor- i shocked i know dorothea continues to collect his pen i just want to say just don't write people in jail <laughs> and like wait for them there's like a lot of innocent people but then you could end up in a box
1: danny what what is it that makes you such a cynic in the face of true love.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like surprised I'm not alone. Okay. <laughs> so uh, she continues to collect his checks the whole time, of course. Naturally. Yeah. Why not? Like they keep coming. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and where am I? Oh, and she also was kind enough to write his family and update them that he was ill. And that's why they haven't heard from him. And then later on, she would write them and like tell them about all these trips they're going on and stuff. So, you know, she kept them informed. Yeah.
1: Man, the days before the Internet, right?
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: Could you imagine like, your parents not hearing from you for months or years and only from Kobe being like, everything's great?
0: Oh, my gosh. In college once my phone died. Yeah. And it was dead for probably three days before I got a new one. If that and, um, my mom called my landlord because she was so worried. Oh, yeah. yeah, three days, and she called within the first twenty-four hours. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, if you'd gone missing, that could have been the difference between saving you and not saving you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. um, let's see. Time before cell phones. So while this whole time she continued to run the Victorian house as a, like, boarding house for the mentally ill, homeless, elderly, pretty much anybody that would receive a monthly check. <laughs> um, she kind of took in the people that nobody else wanted, but this also meant it was the people who didn't have family who checked in with them, people who didn't have friends, you know, people who... okay. Wouldn't be noticed if they disappear. Okay? So, social workers loved her, though, because she was very friendly. She was knowledgeable. Her disposition was, like, kind. She seemed like she just wanted to help these people. And uh, she kind of... I didn't really talk about how she looks yet, have I? Nope. She looks like a grandma. She has this curly white hair, these huge glasses. Um, she dresses kind of like in these like um, loose fitting clothes. She looks old and frail. <laughs> okay. But like she was filling this need, you know, like there was a necessity to find these people homes, you know, and she was there. And so social workers really appreciated it. So she would even hire ex-convicts to do yard work for her and dig holes for, like, Mm. flowers and stuff, you know?
1: Danny, as a a gardener, (laughs) how deep do these holes have to be for flowers?
0: Probably, like, six feet by, like, five feet down by, (laughs) like, two feet wide. (laughs) I don't know. So... There is a large amount of turnover in her boarding house, like, surprisingly. Why would you leave when you have this wonderful woman? Nobody, like, thought much of it, though, because of the type of people she took in. Right. So, I don't know how to put this, but, like, so I worked in a place like this for a while. And, obviously, not not with a killer, but, like...
1: <laughs> what? Who's the killer, Danny?
0: So I worked in a place like this where we took in mentally ill people. Yeah. And the turnover rate was really low. But like if somebody did just leave, which did happen, like sometimes they would be like they just like thought they had to be somewhere and they would just leave or they didn't want to be there and they'd leave. Like it didn't matter. Like we did have people who'd leave and their protocol was like you would report them as missing but this was in the 1960s, 70s. So right. it was easy for her to not do that. And unless, of course, there was a social worker who would follow up and then she probably would, which she does. I'll get into that. But there was a lot of turnover and it wasn't noticed.
1: Okay. I'm a little surprised at the place you worked at. There wasn't a very high turnover because... When these people suffer from mental illnesses Mm -hmm. and you can't legally keep them there, I, I would have thought most places just have a very high turnover rate.
0: Well, we. A lot of them came from prison and they would come here and like sometimes they came from other places and stuff and they would not know the area. And then we tried to be, like, friendly and make sure they felt safe. And, Mm -hmm. like, there was food, there was cigarettes, there was showers. So it's, like, why leave? And we didn't really, like, force them to do anything. We just tried to help them, like, understand what was going on, understand, like, why they were there, all this stuff, you know? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, why leave? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. There was this one guy named Bert Montoyo. Alberto was his full name. And he was a homeless guy and he was picked up by a social worker and taken to the boarding house. His social worker noticed this huge change in Bert. He had gotten a haircut, he was wearing new clothes, he was more talkative, he was doing super well. And however, about six months after Went to the boarding house. He disappeared.
1: Okay, that's pretty quick, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. And then also, so the social worker, her name is Judy. She's immediately worried, and she goes to Dorothea, and Dorothea's like, "Oh, he went to Mexico to visit his family," and Judy's like, "That doesn't sound right," and she calls the police and reports him as a missing person. And an officer goes to look at the boarding house and follow up. And Dorothea's like, oh, of course, come in. Let me show you around. Um, She even has a tenant named John Sharp who talks with the policeman and, like, corroborates the story about Mexico. And when he's leaving, John Sharp, like, passes him a note. And he's like, the note's like, Dorothea is making us lie. Oh Yeah, and the officer ends up contacting the missing persons and homicide department, and he does a background check on Dorothea, and he finds her huge record of, like, forgery and fraud. And the police also realize that she had been lying about her age. So she's been telling social workers um, that she's 10 years older than she was because she wanted to appear more vulnerable. Crazy, right?
1: Yeah, usually like, it's the other way around. Like,
0: who does that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so police put together that Bert is gone, but the checks are still being sent to that house, and they're still being cashed. So they go back to see Dorothea, and they go inside, and they... So I watched a documentary. um, I'll post it under the sources. And they actually interview this policeman. And he's like, yeah, I went inside. I was looking for Bert. He's a big guy, but I was looking everywhere under beds, tapping the walls. Like, he had to have been there. But he wasn't. And he finds two medications in Dorothea's room. And the name on one of them is Dorothy Miller. And they ask her, like... Who is this? This isn't you. This medication was in your room. And she's like, oh, I had a relative stay with me and she must have left it behind. And...
1: Seems easy to double check that.
0: Right? Yeah. So the detectives next ask her if they can dig in the yard. And... Because the neighbors had previously complained about a smell. And (laughs) she had said it was like... Uh, what's it called? Fertilizer. Oh. But the detectives go and they notice some fresh dirt so they start digging and about 45 minutes later they start finding like pieces of clothes and leather and then they hit a tree root and they can't get past it so the officer like gets down in the hole and he's like yanking on this tree root to get it out and He gets it out and in the interview with him, he's like sitting, he says he's like sitting in this hole holding this tree root and then he looks at it and realizes it has a joint and he's like, it is a human leg bone. Like, I just can't imagine that, like...
1: Or it's a very rare kind of tree. White? There are white trees.
0: In the shape of a human bone
1: i mean we see that moths. feels
0: like a bone and not one.
1: <laughs> we see moths that they're you know the back of their wings look like serpents oh my gosh there are bugs who look like sticks
0: that's fair that's a fair point there but could
1: be tree roots that look like human bones
0: i'll just tell you now it's not it's not a tree root <laughs> ah well spoiler danny <laughs> and so he's like freaking out and then later it's found out that the pieces of leather are human skin and i was eating breakfast when i read that well, it's gross anyways
1: Wait, what was your breakfast
0: cinnamon roll <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? that's not even related
0: i was grossed out because like you read it it's just like oh
1: come on if you you don't even eat meat but if you were eating if you were eating like bacon or something and you were like mmm, human leather i mean that'd be one thing no it's just gross. but you're like eating a cinnamon roll <laughs> Which is, like, pretty far removed from human leather.
0: I don't know. It just really grossed me out just thinking about it. Like, like okay. he was, they were talking about how they were, like, digging and pulling it out of the ground. Yeah. Thinking it was just, like, leather. Like, maybe a leather jack or something. I don't know. Yeah, anyways. So, the police bring her out to the hole. And she looks down. She just is, like, absolutely, like, I don't even know. Gobsmacked. Like, oh, what? <laughs> a body? And, like... She's a really good liar. Really good. Like, the police believe her. Whoa. Yeah. Like, she's so good. And so the coroner comes... Well, okay. So the police don't, like, completely believe her. They're, like, still, like, something's fishy going on. But, like, they talk about how believable she was. Okay. Yeah. So then the coroner comes, and CSI comes, and the media comes, and the body is completely taken out and it's ID'd as a elderly female, not Bert. So they're like, we have to excavate this whole yard. Ooh, okay. And while excavating, Dorothea goes up to the detective and she's like, am I under arrest? And he's like, no, no, you're not. And she's like, the she says that with all of the like media there and them digging up her yard that she cared for so much, she's just like getting overwhelmed. She's like, "Can I just go down the block to this like hotel cafe and get a cup of coffee and just get away from it?" And he's like, "Of course you can." <laughs> and he's like, "She's been super helpful. She hasn't like you know tried <laughs> to hold any. up the investigation at all."
1: <laughs> Don't tell me this ends with. And she's still out there.
0: <laughs> so, so she goes down to this cafe to get coffee. And yeah. about 20 minutes later, they find a second body. And they're like, we have to get Dorothea. And they go to the hotel and they go to the cafe and she's not there.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> who could have foreseen this
0: i know it's a shocker just absolutely like oh who i don't know so they start like searching for her they like send out a um flyer and everything to all those things with apb right what's it
1: called oh okay so apb is all points bulletin there you go they, they send out an apb
0: okay that's what they did and they um find a third body and Then, while looking through previous tenants, they come across the name Dorothy Miller, the name that was on the medication bottle. Pretty crazy
1: coincidence that this dead person has the same name as Dorothea's relative.
0: (laughs) It's absolutely wild. Oh, also, do you remember how those ex-convicts she hired to dig these holes? Yep. Yeah, it wasn't for flowers what it was for bodies and they had no idea
1: They, uh, the convicts had no idea yeah wait but the convicts were digging these deep ass holes
0: so they're digging sized. yeah so they're digging these <laughs> really big holes and she's like she's so sorry she's so old and believable that like why would you ever think like she's she's running this entire boarding house you know like yeah in helping people and she looks so fragile and she's so sweet and her yard's so immaculate. So like she must know what she's doing. I don't know. It's like not somebody who you would suspect.
1: Am I just that cynical? I'm like, how do you get out of prison and someone has you digging these big holes (laughs) and you're like, huh, must be flowers.
0: I'm gonna be honest. I feel like if I was one of the people digging the hole, I'd be like, yeah, this is fine. (laughs) This is normal. (laughs) Just like, I don't know. People like talk themselves out of things all the time.
1: I feel like I'm more likely to go the other way, though. We'll Where I'm see. like, if we'll something, see. something seems I'm a little suspicious. I'm going to call you to my okay. yard
0: and be like, Gabe, can you help me dig a hole? Yeah. Because and I'll be like,
1: how big is the hole, Danny?
0: <laughs> Six feet. Yeah. Where's Kobe, <laughs> Danny? <laughs> well, then it would mean it need to be like seven feet. Yeah. <laughs> um They even found a body in her front yard.
1: That's just sloppy, Like it shouldn't in- run out of space.
0: That's insane. Um actually, I'm not sure why it was in her front yard. I think, yeah, she was probably either running out of space or like getting really confident was mm-hmm. like why not? like we need that fertilizer. yeah, screw it mm-hmm. uh they found a driver's license from her previous tenant, and she had like put her face on it, so. Yeah. And then... There's this one room where a lot of the tenants complained. Like, it smelled. And they weren't allowed in there, but it was stinky. And so when the police went in there... It turns out it was the room where she kept her victims... Before she was able to bury them. And the body fluids would... Like... so gross. They, They would go... All the way into the carpet, and then they went into the subfloor. So they were there for like weeks.
1: Why would she carpet her chop shop room? I don't know. Hardwood floors, lady. She
0: was. Yeah, but even hardwood floors—like if liquid's sitting on it long enough.
1: Yeah, but carpet. I know it's
0: disgusting. Like just. Put a tarp down. Yeah. Like what? You're brilliant. Why wouldn't (laughs) she put a tarp down? I don't know. I just don't know. It's so gross. Uh, So they started to ID the victims, and a lot of them were too decomposed. Yeah, that's the right word. Yeah. Yeah, so they're too decomposed for fingerprints, and all but one of them were missing teeth. Yep. Uh, So Social Security actually sent them a list of all the names... Of the people they're sending benefit checks to there uh, within the last like three or four years. And the victims, so they found seven bodies there, and the victims were ID'd as Bert Montoya, Dorothy Miller, Benjamin Fink, Betty Palmer, Liana Carpenter, and James Gallup, Vera Fay, and they're all her previous tenants she is never seen again what I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) so then one night a guy is out at a bar and he's a retired construction guy and this woman comes up to him and she's like hey and she hits on him and stuff and casually asks him about his benefits and what he receives because he's retired (laughs) why (laughs) <laughs> and he's like alright and he talks to her for a few hours and um, she and him I think leave together and then he like ends up later he's like you know she seems familiar and then he turns on the news and there she is and he's like oh snaps and he calls the police and the police go and she's been staying in a hotel and she's still there, and they arrest her. And she says she did cash all those checks, but she didn't kill anybody. And she ends up going to trial for murder for nine people because it includes Ruth, the uh, original like roommate, business partner. Yeah. And it also includes the guy with the red pickup truck.
1: One of her husbands. Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, His name is Everson Gilmouth. And so she goes to trial for nine people. And in all of the deaths, except for Ruth, no cause of death is found. Because they're too decomposed. And it's likely that she had drugged them all. She So the defense uses this and they're like, Dorothea did steal their checks and buried their bodies but the victims died of natural causes.
1: Really? Mhm. I guess because yeah, because they can't get the murder weapon or the method of murder mm-hmm. plausible inability. The yeah,
0: there I mean there was no murder weapon. Well, I guess there was poison. Yeah. So uh the trial deliberation took 43 days just the like part where the jury tries to like
1: decide yeah Yeah. guilt or innocence
0: Mm -hmm. and the and they announced that out of nine counts of murder she is convicted uh guilty on three of them the rest were voted like 11 to 1 11 thought she was guilty and one did not who was the one i don't know I don't know but that's like apparently like juries are protected and stuff so they don't really uh (laughs) wow but Okay. okay um she was found guilty for three counts of murder and she got life in prison without the possibility of parole she got like a two life sentences in like 25 years or something regardless rest of her life she's in prison and she died in 2011. She wrote a book called "Cooking with a Serial Killer," <laughs> and that's Dorothea Puente.
1: It's a shame because her business model made sense to me. Where you take in all of these people who have nowhere else to go, but are receiving benefits. If you take a portion of their benefits, you could buy food and and other goods in bulk, mm-hmm. and like make it work economically. You know, Rather than them buying all their own food and paying for all their own housing, if they collectively pool their resources...
0: Oh, she, she would cook their meals and everything. Yeah. Like okay. I, I'm, yeah.
1: More what I mean is um, just just buying in bulk makes everything a little more affordable. Mm-hmm. So everyone's dollar, dollar would go a little further. From a business perspective, it made sense to me. Or I, I should say from a non-profit perspective or something. Yeah. She could have made that economically viable and not have killed them. Like she, she could have kept expanding.
0: Well, the thing is she was making a lot of money. She was making over, like, six figures doing this. Yeah. Um, But she just, like, it wasn't enough. So, I don't know. Even if she did do that, I don't know if it would ever... And, like, I mean, she probably thought about that, and she probably thought, like, this is easier. <laughs>
1: yeah. These killers typically think that way, but it, I don't see how it is easier because... Unless you're extremely clever and not burying bodies in your own yard. Yeah. You're going to get caught eventually.
0: I mean, here, wait, let me show you what she looks like.
1: Oh, Those are some big glasses. When was that photo taken?
0: Let's see. This photo was taken in 2009. Okay. So, so she was older. It was three years yeah. before she died.
1: She died in 2011? Mm-hmm. Two years, Danny.
0: Fuck. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so she ended up spending the rest of her life in prison and just continuing to say she was innocent.
1: Like a good
0: pathological liar. Yeah, there's this one guy named Martin KUZ, who actually interviewed her while she was in prison. And she had this really great quote where she said that... I have it pulled up right here. Let me just find it. She says, there are so many sad stories in here. A lot of women shouldn't be here because there was one of her, like in uh, people who lived... There are seven of them in a room. And her bunk of, mates. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like one of them... Killed her husband after he abused her and her kids. And yes. another one, uh, she got wife in prison for being with a guy when he killed somebody. Stuff like that. Ooh. Where it's just like, you shouldn't be in here. And I just thought that was like a really good quote. Like a good thing for her to tell this journalist. I mean, she considered herself one of the people that shouldn't be in there. But like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, good point, but. No, not her. (laughs) Yeah, not
0: her. So. Oh, okay. And then also a lot of people think she couldn't have done this alone. Yeah. Yeah. Because like some of the people, like Bert was a big guy. He was, gosh, he's got to be looking at pictures of him. He's got to be at least 240. And like Kobe's around that. And like. He's been like, Danny, if I fall and crack my head open, can you like carry me to safety? No, I can't. I can't even (laughs) drag him. And I'm like two inches shorter than this woman, but I'm also significantly younger. Yeah. So like how maybe she was just smart. I don't know.
1: No, that I I meant to bring it up at some point Mm -hmm. because she was claiming to be 10 years older than she was, but she was still elderly. Yes and and i don't see how you i mean it, you know it's called dead weight for a reason carrying a body that is just limp mm-hmm. is very difficult so i don't see how she could have dragged these people from this this room where she was keep also just the mess they would be yeah like they would like be slippery fluids and slimy yeah you wouldn't be able to get a good grip on them she would need help
0: mhm but like who
1: that's maybe maybe that was the real mastermind.
0: Yeah, it's wild. I don't I don't know, but I mean,
1: or maybe it it was a cyclical thing where she would have her accomplice eventually killed as well, and just keep cycling <laughs> in new accomplices. Maybe because otherwise, why not turn on them? Mm-hmm. I guess if if she's such a if, she, if the pathology runs so deep that she believes her own lies then she maybe wouldn't even think to turn on an accomplice because to her, she really is innocent. Hmm. But who knows?
0: Yeah, and we will never know because she's dead now.
1: Yeah.
0: And well, she, like, never came out and said it was her.
1: Yeah. That What she said at the end, though, it. so uh, according to the ACLU, women who kill their partners will spend an average of 15 years behind bars, while men who kill female partners serve much shorter sentences on average between two to six years.
0: Oh, are you serious?
1: Yeah. I think the ACLU is usually a pretty good source.
0: I mean, anything with like acronyms? I'm like, yeah, you're (laughs) legit. (laughs) Like MAGA. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally.
1: But I find that one hard to believe.
0: Yeah. Or like if you claim she was crazy and she was attacking you or something. Right, which well, is common. Yeah. But like common but, right. to accuse.
1: Yeah, I, I would like to, unfortunately when I click on the source here it doesn't actually lead me anywhere. What? Very useful. Oh. I I would be curious to see how many women in prison are in there because they killed an abuser. Mhm. But also I would want to see how many of them lie about killing an abuser. Mhm. Because that's a pretty good defense, right? <laughs> if you've killed someone
0: Okay, but I feel like that's going into like the whole I've I've heard it multiple times from people like in person where they don't think rape sentences should be worse because they think it's too hard to prove and they're like women can just say it and accuse these men. But study like a ton of studies have been done and the amount of women who Fake it is less than the national average of just like crimes that are falsely reported. Yeah. So, like, there's not actually backup.
1: Right. No, yeah. For, for, I think the st- statistic for rape or false rape claims is like 1 to 3%. Yeah. Which is pretty low. Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: So, I think I'd just go with insanity.
1: But you no, know, from I wish I had like raw data to pull up. Yeah. From what I've seen, this seems to, that this seems to be an argument made that women who are truly the victims of an abusive partner will kill in self-defense and then face prison time mm-hmm. yeah. when they shouldn't. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, maybe we should double back on this on a future episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, <Okay, laughs> uh, make a note to look into it. Yeah,
1: after okay. we do a little more research.
0: Yeah. It is interesting. We'll have to go and look at the house one day.
1: Yeah, I'd be down.
0: I tried to watch the Ghost Adventures episode, Yeah. but I couldn't find anywhere for free. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so sorry, but I am not going to pay for that right now.
1: (laughs) You have to take to the high seas.
0: Yeah. What does that mean?
1: The pirate life for me.
0: (laughs) See, I'm too scared to do that. I've never pirated anything in my life. Me neither. But I'm serious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (gasps) But Yeah. Oh, I did want to touch upon the decomposition phases. Yes. Of the body. Since it was so interesting because.
0: They couldn't find fingerprints.
1: Right. Yeah. So I have an article up here from uh, Mm aftermath.com. And they break down the four stages of human decomposition and we'll start with stage one, which is autolysis. Also call it the um, self-digestion phase. Ew. Or stage, I should say, yeah. But you know this, this one begins immediately after the person dies. Blood circulation, respiration stops. The body has no way of getting rid of uh, waste uh-huh. or getting oxygen around the body. So excess carbon dioxide begins to build up, causes an acidic environment. Your Your cell membranes start to rupture. And, the, you know, this further releases enzymes that begin eating the cells from the inside out. And this eventually gets rigor mortis started. Mm-hmm. And you might even see small blisters filled with nutrient-rich Ew. fluid. <laughs> yeah, appearing on the internal organs and the skin surface. And the body gets this uh, almost like a sheen yeah. on it due to all these ruptured blisters. And the skin's Ew. top layer begins to loosen. It's, uh, mm-hmm. So you can, it can start to, to look a little like saggy. The skin.
0: I'm already there.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: That's
1: that's stage one. Stage two is bloat. So as you you talked about in the case, the leaked enzymes from the first stage begin to produce gases. The sulfur-containing compounds that that the bacteria releases can also cause skin discoloration. And because of these gases, the human body can sometimes double in size. (laughs) Oh, shit so okay. you can act. yeah this one uh, murder comes to mind i can't recall who it was but it was a body found in a bathtub sometime after they died Uh huh. and the body is both swollen because of the water but also because of these gases yeah. and it looks like huge like the body is just like really expanded yeah but um, so if
0: you like poke a knife in the body will it yeah. deflate
1: <laughs> depends on where you poke it but okay. yeah gas will release but yeah this That's is this morbid. is morbid okay this is what causes the odor uh-huh in, in part you know yeah is all of these these gases. gases yeah and the thing is they, they they tend to linger even after the body's been removed oh it just like kind of like hard cleans. to get rid of yeah like you know like getting a house where a smoker used to live
0: yeah like our house had um dog pee in it and that was oh no that was rough yeah
1: but wh- where was it what room living room Oh well, you guys have a new floor though, right? That must no. have helped. No, <laughs> I thought you guys laid down a new floor.
0: No. Oh. <laughs> but um, we were able to. It was a long process. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. Third pro third one.
1: Stage three: active yeah. decay. Oh. So this is when fluids start to leak through the orifices. So this is the prob- probably in that room where she kept them. Yeah, like they were leaking. at this stage. Yeah. Ew. So organs, muscle, skin, it all becomes liquefied. And, this will and happen
0: to all of us.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. So actually, uh, for bodies to get prepped to be put in a coffin, to then be put in the ground, they put uh, this big ass butt plug. Yeah, I know.
0: In, yeah. And, yeah, and then they do something to keep your eyes closed yeah. and something with your mouth too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But A lot of effort is taken to prevent this leakage from happening. Um, because it's just a natural part of decomposing. But yeah, every, you know, everything I from... I just south...
0: would like to be cremated.
1: Yeah, it really just seems easier mm-hmm. and cheaper. Yeah. Although...
0: Is it better for the environment?
1: That's what I'm wondering because if we thought of corpses as like fertilizer...
0: But could... it's in a box that takes... Oh, I'm I
1: mean, like what if we just took bodies and like...
0: Oh, just throw them in a compost thing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, you're not supposed to compost meat. So I don't mm. know if it's actually good compost.
1: We'll double back on that one too.
0: Okay. So third fourth stage, third end of third?
1: Yeah, and if third and if third really is just, you know, the body loses loses most of its mass as most soft tissue begin begins to liquefy So the
0: bloat goes away. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then the last stage is skeletonization. Ooh. so this is really at final stage so the skeleton has a decomposition rate based on the loss of uh collagen yeah which is organic and inorganic components Uh and there is no set time frame for this to occur um right right before we started the episode we were talking about how it can take uh (laughs) according to wikipedia it can take anywhere from three weeks weeks to years to get to this stage so
0: yeah Depending on like so many factors, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, too many to to count. But one of the big ones is temperature. uh, Temperature. Nailed it. But even just like the way the person's killed. Obviously, some methods of death are like Mm -hmm. more, uh, you know, like if you're drowned and left in a body of water. Oh, yeah. That that would affect it.
0: Yeah, like it did for her husband. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I also have here a timeline. So check this out. So 24 to 72 hours after death, the internal organs decompose.
0: That's fast.
1: Yeah. Three to five days after death, the body starts to bloat and blood containing foam leaks from the mouth and nose. Okay. Eight to ten days after death, the body turns from green to red as the blood decomposes and the organs in the, in the abdomen accumulate gas. Ew. Several weeks after death, nails and teeth fall out.
0: Ew, really?
1: Yeah. The teeth I'm a little surprised by. Because sometimes I, yeah.
0: it's, but I wonder if, okay, go on
1: one month after death the body starts to liquefy and that's when you get the skeletal remains once Mm -hmm. everything else kind of sloughs off
0: wow that's quite disgusting
1: (laughs) yeah cool Um,
0: i'm glad we're doing this right before i go grocery shopping i know right (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna want to buy anything (laughs) oh goodness
1: but um yeah that is a uh that is the ultimate fate of us all, unless we get cremated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The um, coroner in the video, she said that the decomposition seemed like some of them could have been killed and put in there, like, weeks ago, and some of it could have been years. But they're all, like, didn't have fingerprints.
1: She could have even chucked them in a freezer.
0: Yeah, know. get, like, a freaking big freezer in that room.
1: It would have helped with the smell. Like, There's just so many... And, and As a former chief of police in a nearby county once said...
0: Oh my God, I thought you were saying you were a former chief of police. No, no, no. No. Like, no, um,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not in this life. But <laughs> he, he used to say in class, you know, we we don't catch the smart ones. And it just, it seems like it's with just a terrifying. few tweaks.
0: Yeah. Like she would have gotten away with it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe that is the ultimate legacy of these true crime shows we just inform the next generation of of killers what to do better yeah and they just better perform
0: their murders yeah i yeah that's crazy so i think that's a good quote to end on we only yeah. catch the stupid ones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or we don't catch the smart ones
0: yeah uh Hope you all sleep well tonight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and if you have murdered anyone and are a woman, please come on the show.
0: (laughs) Sure, sure. I don't know what to do with that. See, no. Okay. Anyways, um, thank you for listening. That is the story of Dorothea Puente.
1: Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We don't have the others. Look at our website. We have a new subreddit. We just opened up the Murder subreddit. Yes. Come on in. Post spam or whatever it is people post on new subreddits.
0: Yeah. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you.